Welcome to What the Health, a podcast where we explore the key health issues that are often dismissed. I'm James Jensen, a functional medical practitioner and owner of Hello Health, a holistic clinic focused on treating the root cause of issues rather than the symptoms by connecting the dots and giving you practical and evidence-based solutions. And I'm Julie Johnston, one of James's clients, and I also happen to be his PR consultant, who, let's be honest, basically strong-armed him into doing this podcast. If you've been going around in circles, feeling dismissed, and not getting the results you deserve, then you're in the right place. Because as you always say, James, just because something is common doesn't mean it's normal. Exactly. So let's drill down to what's really going on. So James, let's start talking about uh, thyroid and that's something that you're seeing quite a few people present in clinic. Um, Can you talk to us about what some of the symptoms are people are coming to you with and how you're diagnosing that as issues with their thyroid? Yes, sure. So a lot of people will come in and they might have a suspicion that their thyroid isn't, you know, quite working properly. One of the most common reasons would be people sort of go, look, I feel really tired. I'm having trouble losing weight. You know, their hair might be falling out, getting things like brain fog. Um, Bowels could be slow, you know, quite sensitive to the cold. Um, And, you know, we're often seeing people that go, look, I just feel like my thyroid's out. And lo and behold, they might go and, you know, follow that up with their doctor, get a few tests done. Um, And quite often it might come back normal, which is, I guess, disappointing disappointing for people because they're hoping that, you know, that's the thing. Oh, great, thyroid's out of whack. Now I can fix it. But, um, yeah, it it often isn't quite simple just because of the way some of the testing is taking place. Because, um, so tell us like what normal range means in test results to a GP compared to what you as a functional health practitioner can read in those results. Yeah, so the first thing that the, I guess the the protocol is, is to test TSH. So TSH is thyroid stimulating hormone. So that's a hormone messenger. So that's your pituitary talking to your thyroid. So generally the higher that number, that's the brain saying, hey, I need more thyroid activity. And the lower the number, the thyroid is um, generally faster. So the pituitary is not sending a strong signal. Um, but as we as we know that TSH is only, I guess, one marker. And the reference range in Australia ranges from about uh, 0.5 to up to 4. Some labs will sort of bring that cut, that they'll cut that down to about 3.5. So it'll be 0.5 to 3.5. So once... It goes above that 3.5 or 4. That's when the doctor goes, oh, that's a bit weird. That's um, warranting further testing. And that's where they might test things like thyroid antibodies. So they'll be checking to see if there's an autoimmune attack on the thyroid. So the most common form of thyroid dysfunction or hypothyroidism, so weak thyroid, is Hashimoto. So that's where there's an autoimmune attack on the thyroid. And, and just circling back to those test results for a moment, so I know you've said to me before that once it's actually showing that it's in the like below normal range, that is when things are actually really quite serious. And so it, it is actually sometimes quite important if you're catching it while it's still in what's known as the normal range. Yeah, you're quite right. So I love okay. testing thyroid antibodies straight away because by the time your, sh- your results are showing like overt thyroid Um, problems so like if that TSH has gone above 3.5 or 4 generally speaking your thyroid's at least 90% damaged 
So if we're checking thyroid antibodies early on in the piece, we can have an idea of, even if not yet, but if someone's in the process of developing something like Hashimoto's where there's that autoimmune attack. So it's a nice way to sort of intervene early. Um, and it's, it's, it gets more complicated too because things like TSH are, effect, are affected by so many other factors. So for example, if someone has chronic inflammation, that will suppress TSH. So the TSH will actually look normal. So they'll have all the symptoms, but their thyroid results will look normal. Um, so again, one of the other things I would like to test with, with people is the CRP, which is C-reactive protein. So that tells us if there's inflammation going on. So then I can go, well, maybe I don't believe that result. Um, again, that's why I like to do a really thorough panel if I can. So we'll do TSH, free T4, free T3, CRP, and the thyroid antibodies. And that gives me a really good idea if, if you know, even if the, they don't have an overt thyroid problem yet, you know, they'll still have symptoms and we can sort of get an early, an early catch on it. And this is blood testing that you're you're doing. You're looking at the results, so you're kind of working hand in hand with the GP. Of the person still goes to the GP and has those um, blood tests ordered. Is that correct? Yeah. So it's all all blood testing. Um, usually, when I'll when I'll see someone in clinic, I'll be talking to them all about their symptoms, and you know, we'll be we'll be thinking about key key moments in time where the thyroid might be triggered to sort of go away. So. Postpartum, for example, is a really common time for the immune system to start to attack um, the thyroid. So that's a, a really key time um, around like perimenopause and menopause is another key time after, after, like, after the back of a big virus or something like that. Again, there's usually like a perfect storm of stress, some sort of um, massive change in the body. So whether it be like having a baby or a big virus and they'll also have like a genetic predisposition typically. So... Not always, but a lot of the times you might have someone sitting in front of you and she, she might say, my mum has a thyroid problem, my sister has a thyroid problem, my auntie, she has a thyroid problem. I have all the same symptoms, but my blood tests are showing that they're norm- that it's normal. And that's when I'll go, well, look, it, it, it sounds like it's a thyroid thing. And that's when I'll definitely be wanting to check things like thyroid antibodies to see if there's that early intervention required. And it really can wreak havoc with our lives, can't it? Like some of the patients you see, by the time they come to see you, they're actually in quite a distressed state. Yeah, I, I think I tend to see the people that are, they feel like they're out of all other options. So it's a bit like I'm the last port of call. So by the time they're seeing me, they're, they're usually very, very symptomatic. You know, the things that we, I guess, typically see with weak thyroid, they're very, very tired. And, and it's not just like a, a tide where oh, if I just have a proper night's sleep, I'll be fine. It's it's like really genuine exhaustion, brain fog. You know, a lot of a lot of times they'll have things like dry skin. Um, they'll be having slow bowels, and they just really, really they know what they can feel like, and they just know that it's it's um it's not you know they're not feeling anywhere near what they should be. And it's amazing just how much damage it does to their interpersonal, um, you know, relationships and and work productivity and things like that. So, can you explain to us what exactly is the thyroid and its function in the body? Like, why it's so important that we're addressing these issues? Yeah, well, I think sometimes I guess we think of it as like a single organ in isolation, but to understand its functions, it's well, I guess you if you understand the fact that there's there's a thyroid receptor in just about every single cell in the body. So if the thyroid's not right, nothing is right. Um, and that's, again, why people get so 
upset when it's when it's not right and they can feel so lousy because not only is it you know affecting obvious things like weight and energy but you know it can affect things like kidney function can affect their cholesterol um it you know just about every single cell like i said is affected so everything is out of whack and that's why they feel so helpless and so once you've, um, you know, done a little bit more investigation into the blood test results and you've listened to their symptoms and you've identified that it is a thyroid issue, uh, what are some of the ways that you're commonly treating this? Yeah, so depending on, I guess, how far progressed the actual um, thyroid damage or disease is, will, I guess, determine what we do. So if it's really overt and they're really quite struggling, um, often the, the doctor you know, once they see that TSH climbing and they'll see that their thyroid antibodies are there, they're usually happy to commence some sort of thyroid replacement. So thyroxine, which is T4, is a common um, replacement, which will usually start around 50 micrograms, which is something the doctor will prescribe. And they'll titrate the dose or adjust the dose depending on their on their blood test results. And that's one way to, I guess, treat, I guess, the more overt or extreme ends. If we're seeing things like the thyroid doesn't look quite right, but they're not quite meeting the criteria for thyroid replacement, that's when I get around and I, I look at all the other things that affect thyroid hormones. So if there is that autoimmune attack, things like gluten-free diet can be a really great way to um, reduce some of that thyroid antibodies. Which So basically, if we're, I explain to people, imagine if I'm, if I'm your immune system and, and you're the thyroid, imagine I just start punching you every day. I'm not trying to knock you out, but I'm just punching you over and over. So you won't die. You won't be knocked out. Be like, this is really annoying. I can't do my job. So if we can lower those thyroid antibodies, that takes some of the burden off the body and it allows the thyroid to work properly. So like I said, things like um, gluten-free diet and often a dairy-free diet, that's one way to help reduce some of that autoimmune attack. Um, I'm also looking at doing things like selenium and inositol. So selenium and inositol are nutrients that help lower thyroid antibodies. So again, we're going to soften those punches. Um, and vitamin D is probably the most important nutrient out of all of those because vitamin D is really protective against autoimmunity and it's technically a hormone. So it's a great way to reduce inflammation. And sometimes if we get these little things right, we will be able to, I guess, by reducing all that inflammation, the thyroid goes, ah, oh, that's better. Now I can kind of do my thing. So you're working, I suppose, in collaboration with any medication that the GP is prescribing uh, in addition to your natural supplements and those lifestyle changes. Yeah. So and that's a really good point because often, I mean, once, I mean, not only is it me helping people discover that they might actually have a thyroid problem, I often see a lot of people that have been diagnosed with something like Hashimoto's they're already on thyroxine. Their doses look fine according to their blood test. And they go, you know what, it's, it's still not right. And that's really about addressing all those other things that we're talking about. So if we can get that inflammation down, the cells themselves, I talked about the, the cells having thyroid receptors. So there's this idea, um, it's, I guess it's a newer sort of idea, but it's called cellular hypothyroidism. So if we don't have the right nutrients or there's too much residual inflammation in the body, the thyroid hormone can't actually enter the cells properly. So we can fill the bucket up as much as we like, but people will still have symptoms. So it's often when we, again, get those little things around the thyroid itself, right, that they go, oh, now the body can actually use the thyroid hormone, and that's when we start to see a resolution of those symptoms. 
Yeah, that real holistic approach. And I guess it comes back to people know their own bodies and they know what the baseline is of, where, you know, like you said, where they just don't feel right. And like you always say, you know, just because it's common, it's not normal. And I think in our current society and lifestyle, a lot of us are running on empty and not feeling 100%, but it certainly doesn't have to be that way, does it? No, that's right. And the other thing that I always mention to people is as much as the thyroid can be... I guess the perpetrator, um, it's also the victim. So we will see the thyroid adaptively slow or weaken with inflammation or, you know, if there's heavy metal overload or if there's chronic stress or lack of sleep, we'll often see the thyroid adaptively slow down. So they'll get hypothyroid symptoms, but it's not actually their thyroid. The thyroid's sort of slowing down to try and protect them. Another analogy I use is, you know, if, if the kitchen's on fire and you're cooking dinner, you don't keep cooking dinner. You go and put the fire out. So the body will adaptively slow the thyroid down because it's not interested in burning, building, manufacturing when there's all these other problems going on. So sometimes people have all those hypothyroid symptoms. Thyroid will be okay. But again, it's about addressing all those things around it. Yeah. And so what's it look like when someone starts to recover? Like how long can it take or generally take? And what are the results you see in your patients once you start treating that root cause? Yeah, so really anywhere from like right away to, you know, two or three months. It depends on, I guess, what they're presenting with. If they've got a lot of chronic inflammation, which might be born from, you know, having a dodgy gut. So, you know, if they've got bacterial overgrowth or things like that, we might it might take months before they sort of go, right, now I'm back to where I should be. But most of the time when we when we do those simple interventions quite early on in the piece, they'll start to see some improvement. So we're not expecting them to go from, you know, say two out of 10 to 10 out of 10 in, in days or, or weeks. Sometimes that happens. Um, but usually it's like a, we go from two to three to four to five. And most of the time I, I say to people, if you're not getting better by sort of three or four months time doing what we're doing, staying on that same path is, is, you know, you're not going to yield better results. So that's where we might need to look further or we might need to do a little bit more or, or adjust something. Um, and luckily enough, most of the time it's the simple stuff that, that makes the biggest difference. And it's, you know, it's about getting those key things right, like stress down, you know, getting the diet right, making sure we've got the right micronutrients, you know, iodine, zinc, vitamin D, you know, making sure all those things are right. And I guess it's really just like, letting go, of the, you know, removing those handbrakes and then the body goes, ah, I know exactly what to do. I just had these things in the way. Yeah, perfect. And so when some of these patients are, you know, coming in and seeing you after they've started to improve, what are they saying to you like in terms of how their quality of life has improved? Yeah, I think it's it's really things like, you know, I'm back, you know, I've, I've got me back. And, and I think it's understanding, you know, a bit like you touched on earlier, it, it isn't just the person suffering, it's all the people around them as well. So again, most commonly it's the it's women that suffer from hypothyroidism and they're often the I guess the the backbone of the family. So they're doing all the all the things organizing all the children and things like that. So they once they're back, you know, the whole family's like, oh cool. You know, now things are happening. Like mum's back, everyone's happy, um, things are getting done, you know, you know, because actually one of the very first symptoms of a weak thyroid is depression. So, you know, 
someone could be feeling a bit flat and depressed and then, you know, not really knowing why. So again, that that big difference in mood is is really life-changing for some people. Yeah, absolutely. So James, let's move into um, a couple of sort of rapid fire frequently asked questions that we get. Um, so, and we would love any of our listeners, if they've got any burning questions about the thyroid or any other um, health issues that are kind of nagging them and keeping them down, um, how would you differentiate between thyroid issues and adrenal fatigue? Yeah, so there's a pretty big overlap here because a lot of the symptoms are very, very similar. Um, I guess one easy way to differentiate is through blood testing. So again, it, like we're saying, they're if we're doing a thyro- like a proper thyroid panel that's nice and thorough, so we're getting the TSH and T4 and, and all those other co-nutrients um, tested and we go, well, look, the thyroid shouldn't be an issue, but they're still presenting with those symptoms. That's when we go, ah, maybe there is some element of adrenal fatigue. Um, so adrenal fatigue, like I said, pre- presents very, very similarly, but you will see different um, some different symptoms. So for example, you won't necessarily see things like slow bowels, you won't see hair fall, um, you won't see like brittle nails, things like that. But it's, again, that really fatigue, can't get out of my own way, that brain fog, those types of things. So you won't always see all the physical symptoms. Um, but uh, again, there's a, there's a pretty strong overlap because if the adrenal glands aren't functioning properly or they're tired, that will also cross over into affecting the thyroid and vice versa because the adrenals also have thyroid receptors. So, yeah, it can be tricky, but often it's a combination of like, what are the symptoms and how did they present? Where did they start? You know, for example, if someone had a really long period of stress, you know, that, you know, let's just say they had a stressful job where, you know, months on end, they were late nights, early mornings, you know, that sort of thing. And then they felt really sort of burnt out and they go, well, ever since I did that, I don't feel the same since. Um, and then also, depending on how they respond to treatment too. So if we go, look, stress is a definite thing, let's work on some stress. And if they respond well, we go, well, okay, it's not a thyroid problem, it's more adrenals. Yeah. And you just touched on a couple of things that led me to the next question of what's the difference between TSH, T4 and T3? Yeah. So TSH is a pituitary hormone, so that's your brain. Um, TSH is an acronym for... Uh, thyroid stimulating hormone so that's what your it's a messenger hormone so your brain will um, release that to stimulate the thyroid production so again if we're looking at results the higher the tsh means the body is asking for more help from the thyroid and the lower it's saying hey we've got too much going on here or we don't we don't need as much so that number will lower t4 is actually thyroid hormone so it's um, commonly referred to as thyroxine and that's often what you'll be um, replacing if your thyroid can no longer produce thyroid hormone. Um, I often like to tell people that the T is for tyrosine and the 4 is for iodine. So there's four iodine molecules attached to a tyrosine. So sometimes people just have low T4, low thyroid hormone levels, either due to a tyrosine deficiency or an iodine deficiency. So that's another one of those key things that I'll always check, again, to differentiate. Is it just that we need more of a certain nutrient? And iodine deficiency is actually, um, I think it might be the third most common deficiency in Australia, which is why it's fortified in many foods. It's a legal requirement. Yeah, wow. Um, And I forgot to mention T3. So T3 is basically three iodines attached to um, the tyrosine. And T3 is the main sort of 
it's doing all the heavy lifting in the body actually. So what when we replace T4, we're relying on the body to convert it to T3. So um, I forget the exact percentage, but I think it's something like 10 times more powerful at doing thyroid stuff than T4. So again, we that's why when we're doing comprehensive testing, we don't want to just look at T4. We want to see what T3 is, see if we've got adequate levels. The body, because it does do the heavy lifting, the body is is probably a little bit more fixated on keeping those levels normal. But again, it's it's definitely worth looking at. Yeah, perfect. And for some people who um, have been on thyroid replacement and they say, initially I felt better, but now I don't, what could be some of the causes or your recommendation there? Yeah, so that comes back to that idea of cellular hypothyroidism. So that's where the cells themselves just aren't able to utilise that thyroid hormone properly. Um, so again, it's about organising and massaging the things that are around. So like I said, chronic inflammation will block, well, the thyroid, the cells themselves will stop taking the thyroid hormone up. So again, we can fill the bucket as much as we like, but we're then relying on the cells to actually take up that thyroid hormone and then actually do something with it. So if someone's like needing T4 and then we put it into the body, they'll quite often go, yep, that feels better. The body goes, yep, that's what I needed. But then because we haven't addressed the underlying problems, you know, whether it be inflammation or heavy metals or chronic stress or lack of sleep or, you know, iron deficiency, again, it's like, hey, the kitchen's still burning. You've put, you know, you've, you've given me a bit more help with actual thyroid hormone, but the problem's still there, which I need addressed. So that's, again, why we'll, we'll see people because they go, look, I'm on thyroid hormone, like my levels are fine, but I still don't feel right. So, you know, what's going on? Yeah. And I guess in summary, if anyone's listening today and some of this is resonating with them and they're thinking, oh, this is me, like this is describing how I feel at the moment and what I'm struggling against, what's your recommendation to them? Sure. So I think the first thing is to get some um, proper thorough testing. So um, I'm happy to put in the show notes some of the things that we would like to get tested and some of the reference ranges because often it's the low-hanging fruit that makes the biggest difference. Of course, um, you know, we'd love to see people in here um, supporting our business. So coming into clinic and, and we can have a chat to them. And But like I said, it's often starting with some basic testing and we look at diet as well because if you've got, you know, a diet that's sort of riddled with inflammatory things like processed foods, you know, lots of gluten, lots of dairy, that just sends all this inflammatory signal throughout the body. So sometimes it's as simple as cutting a few of those processed things out of their diet and then all of a sudden the body goes, oh, thank you. Now I can actually go about business and, and do what I want to do. And I think one of the things I've really learned over the years myself is the importance of advocating for yourself with medical professionals. So, um, you know, you're more that, you know, like you said, you'll put the show notes in with some of the things that are ideal to test in a blood test. And it's totally okay to ask your GP to um, request those tests as part of your blood test and um, to keep speaking up for yourself if you're not feeling that you're getting the answers. Yeah, it is one of those tricky things because I guess um G gps and doctors can be limited with um i guess the the protocols that they're taught and learned so again sometimes they're just following protocols so they go look no if if this is fine and this is fine you know no further action um but we get the real sort of i guess the we get people from feeling okay to good or you know good to great by looking at those little things which again usually aren't sort of looked at as part of that thyroid 
picture. I guess because that's part of that. Um, you know, even when you go to uni, you learn about things in compartments. So you go, well, the thyroid is the thyroid, and that's it. So we kind of lose some of that holism. And I think it's yeah, like you said, it's all about advocating for yourself and having um, a a bit you know of a further look. And and if people you know if they're not getting quite the help that they want from you know their health professionals. Um, we, I always, I always encourage people. You can actually do your own bloods yourself. It does come with a cost, but you can o- organize them yourselves online or or through me. And sometimes people are at their wits end. They go, look, I don't care what it costs. I just need to feel better. So that's when we'll go down that route. We'll go, look, it's it's um yeah, look, we found something. So yeah, it makes a big difference. It's the whole health is wealth saying, isn't it? Once we feel good, life gets so much better. And um and like we said, those relationships with everyone around us as well. Yeah, in, in particular thyroid, it like I said, it affects every every body system. So if it is not right, nothing is right. So yeah, it's life changing when we get it done. Well, I know you've had lots of um, success stories in clinic with women who've come to you absolutely at their lowest point in life, and you've really helped turn that around for them. So hopefully today's chat has helped some of our listeners, and they'll be able to get the um, you know the support and help that they need so that they can get back on track too. Yeah, thanks, Julie. We hope you enjoyed this episode on What the Health. If you want to keep hearing more, follow us on the Apple Podcast app, where you'll be notified every week when we drop a new episode. If you love the show and want to support us, feel free to share the podcast or go leave us a review. Yes, help make Julie's life easier when she's trying to market this podcast. And of course, it would be remiss of me not to mention that you can go book a consultation in person or online with James to discuss all your health concerns head on over to www.hellohealth.au. Plus, you'll get free postage on any products you purchase. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.